0: I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, I'm Brandon Stewart, and welcome back to the Leading Second podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. For those of you who weren't able to join online, we had an incredible time participating at the Team Church Conference last week. Um, Man, if you were there, you know it was a special time, and uh, it was a special week, and I want to encourage you to head to the Champions Center YouTube account. Uh, Right now, all the sessions are actually uh, up online, and you can listen to those, And, and if you weren't here, you can experience what we experienced in the room. Leading Second got to have a chance to play a part at... Team Church Conference. It was really a big honor for Lindsay and I uh, to represent our new tribe for its first year uh, at Team Church Conference. One of the things we did at the conference, which is going to drive what we're going to do in this episode today, is uh, we got to teach a couple of breakout sessions or what we call lab sessions at the conference last week. And both of the sessions were were around leading second uh, topics and the sessions went really great. It was so good to meet so many of you that were there at the conference. Well, at the lab sessions, we always open up for Q&A, and how we do Q&A at these sessions is we um, have people write questions on note cards and pass them up to the stage, and then from stage, we take basically questions written down from the audience. Well, as it happens in these sessions, you know we're only ever able to get to a fraction of the questions that come in during a session like that. So what I thought we would do for at least today, I don't, we'll see how far along we get here, but we had so many questions come in that we weren't able to answer in our sessions at the conference last week. I just figured we would take the podcast uh, for a week or so and uh, just answer questions and talk through some of the things that we heard from our tribe, from the Leading Second Tribe, things that are on your mind. We get questions all the time through our Facebook forum and through our website But I just thought this would be a unique opportunity just to sit and have a conversation today. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, No interview today. We're just going to focus on some questions that we feel like uh, we heard a lot of over the last week or so at the Team Church Conference. As always, if you're not a member of the Leading Second Forum on Facebook, I want to encourage you to head over there because we interact regularly on this kind of thing. And um, that's our tribe and our place of community. And we would love to have you a part So, before we dive into answering some specific questions today, I want to frame this, I think, very specifically. When I was in Bible school, I heard a teaching on the life of Solomon. And Solomon, of course, was in a position one day where he could ask God for anything he wanted. And it's interesting to me the response that he has in the moment in his life where he could ask for anything he would want and it would be given to him, I wonder what you and I would ask for, you know, in that moment. Solomon asked for wisdom. And I find that fascinating, that his heart was so mature and his heart was so discerning that that was his response. God, give me wisdom to lead the people is what he said. And so in Bible school, out of hearing teaching on his life, I developed a prayer. And that prayer was, God, give me wisdom beyond my years and beyond my experience. God, give me wisdom beyond my years and beyond my experience. Man, I think I prayed that every single day in Bible school. And what I found is that as I cultivated in myself a heart, that wanted wisdom, that wisdom found me. The Bible says a lot about wisdom in Proverbs, but one of the things it says is that wisdom calls aloud in the streets. And wisdom is dying to be heard, and that wisdom is where people are. And as I listened, I found that God was sending me wisdom. And so today, um, I want to take some questions and I want to answer them, but I almost hesitate to do this because I really don't think that I know more than someone else that could answer this. In fact, there there would be a lot of people that could that could, you know, outdo me in, in many ways on answering these questions. But what I do want to do is I want to share with you some wisdom I feel like I received, you know, in those early years and throughout my ministry. This year I crossed 17 years in full-time ministry and in some ways it's a long time and in some ways it's just getting started. But I just want to share with you if we can just have a conversation today. I've got my coffee here Like we're just going to sit and chat and I want to try to share with you some of the wisdom that uh, I feel like I received along the way And my, my heart, my heart for you is that in ministry, you wouldn't just be so enamored with performing and you wouldn't be so enamored with just accomplishing something, but that you would be absolutely enamored with wisdom and that the wisdom from heaven would be something that you crave and something you value and something you look for. Because more than any accomplishment and more than any achievement, um, more than any position or title, wisdom will carry you somewhere. Wisdom will frame your life and wisdom will build your house. So I want to take a first question here. Again, these are all anonymous, by the way. I don't know who wrote these questions. I think that makes it even better. We have this question come in. When I serve my pastor, am I serving Jesus? When I serve my pastor... Am I serving Jesus? I thought I would just start here today. I thought that was an interesting question. I thought it was a a pretty profound question because uh, leading second is so much built around building the church, but honoring men and women, honoring our pastors, honoring our leaders. And I think one of the questions we get and one of the hesitations people have, especially young leaders today, is I want to honor Jesus, but is it right to honor a man? Is it right to honor a woman? My, my pastors, is it, is it right to do that? And I would just say to you today, unequivocally, without any hesitation, that absolutely when you serve your pastor, you are serving Jesus. Simply from the idea that Romans 13 tells us all authority is established by God. And so if you find yourself under the authority of your pastor, you can trust that God allowed or placed them in that role, and that to serve your pastor is to directly serve Jesus in that manner. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ, and so we are, we are one unit, but then there are people that he places as leaders, as direction givers, as vision casters. You know, as organization builders over that body. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says that to some he gave you know, prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, the five-fold ministry. He gave some those roles for the equipping of the saints. In other words, it's all established by Jesus. It's all for Jesus. I think the reason we struggle with this question is not because the word is unclear. I think the reason we struggle with this sometimes is that man is imperfect. And probably some of the undercurrents of a question like this are can I serve an imperfect person and still be serving Jesus? And I would take you back as I as I often take people, I would take you back to the life of David. And David served an imperfect leader in Saul. Keep in mind David was anointed to be the next king. But he served an imperfect leader, and it was said of David in the book of Acts, it was said of David that he fulfilled the purpose of God for his generation. So what you have to understand is that even while serving an imperfect leader, he fulfilled God's purpose for his life. So, yes, I would would answer unequivocally serving your pastor is to serve Jesus. And it is right. It is good. Not everyone will tell you that. The world isn't going to champion that. But I think as leading second leaders, we can be proud to hold up the arms of our pastor and to serve them well. So thank you for that question, whoever wrote that. Um, okay, here's one. This is in no particular order. had this one come in. How much accessibility should your leader have to your personal life? So your struggles with sin, your marriage, burnout, etc. should they have 100% or less. I know lead pastors that take all different kinds of approaches on this. And I think the biggest thing I would say to you is that you need to submit to your pastor or leader into what kind of access they should have. I think it's right for our leaders to have access to our lives. The definition of the word accountability is the ability to be questioned the ability to be questioned. And you can tell when someone has a heart of accountability in the moments where they're questioned and how they respond. And so I think at at minimum, we need to give our pastors the ability to question us and for us to respond well. Having said that, uh, my pastor is not the only one that knows about my life, my struggles, uh, first of all my my wife, so I think your spouse is is the number one person who has eyes on you and who knows you and provides a space of accountability. I can think of others. I I have um, a, a counselor I see regularly. I now over our ministry, I have a board that I'm accountable to. I have friends and leaders that I have um, voluntarily made myself accountable to. And my pastor knows who all those people are. And so, um, you know, he may not know everything, but he knows the people that know everything. And I think just that, that level of transparency and health, I didn't always have that built into my life. I'm going to be honest with you. But now that I do, it is a breath of fresh air. It is oxygen to my soul, to my spirit. And I would just encourage anyone to have that. So I would say that that your pastor should have accessibility. How much they want to go there is up to them. But I think accountability is the right thing. Accountability being the ability to be questioned. So anyways, great, great question on that. Here's another question that came in at our Team Church conference sessions. I hope this is helping you, by the way. We'll just see how long this is going to go here how can we help others recognize the importance of leading second? So what this person is saying is how do we duplicate leaders who have the first follower spirit on our teams? The term first follower comes from a teaching that some of you may have heard me do. And if not, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, somewhere soon. But basically they're saying, is this something that can be taught? Okay, I thought this was a Really, really, really great question. Okay, how can we help others recognize the importance of leading second? First of all, let me say to you in ministry, not everyone's going to get it. You are going to meet people that are not going to align with your view of building the church. If When you ask someone to join the team and they they either say no or they do it with a wrong attitude or a wrong motive, what you can take heart in is that that happened to Jesus himself, Uh, the rich young ruler being one of the... Uh, prime examples of that. So you can take heart if you don't lead everyone well, and some people don't get it and walk away. You could take heart because that even happened to Jesus. And yet he kept on leading in the spirit, you know, that he knew he was of. And so um, the next thing I would say to you about helping others understand is more is caught than taught. So people as as their leader people won't won't hear as much your words as they will observe your actions. They will they will hear what you say but they will more more closely align with who you are. And so more than teaching you have to live it for people. You have to model it, you have to be it, you have to represent it. You have to show it, You and as people are in your airspace, you have to whisper it to them, hey guys, this is why I just did this. This is why I just showed honor this way. This is why I just made that decision. This is why I just related to pastor that way. And so along the way, you'll find that there will be people that catch it from you because more is caught than taught. The last thing I would say on this, though, is that you can absolutely teach it. And the reason I know that is I had people that taught me and I had people that taught it in formal settings in, 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 you know, team development meetings or team nights or staff meetings. I had people that taught me one-on-one, um, sometimes driving a mentor in a car or driving them to or from the airport, which by the way, those moments are just so valuable Grab those moments, schedule those moments, run to those moments where you can spend time with your pastor or your mentors, even helping them do life, like go to the airport or go to a meeting or, you know, go on a trip because, um, they'll whisper things to you that you'll need. And I found that I was taught how to think. I probably caught it more, but I do believe that they, they said some things and taught me along the way in ways that were absolutely invaluable last thing i would say to you about duplicating leaders is never promote someone beyond their honor never promote someone beyond their honor until someone gets it hear me on this guys until someone gets it don't promote them it's okay to give them a place to serve get them on the team But the qualification for leadership to me is heart issues, getting it right in the heart. Because out of the heart will flow everything else. And so if someone's heart is not there, they're not aligned, they don't have a heart of honor, I wouldn't promote them and I wouldn't use them. I would only allow into leadership those who do get it. When you allow someone in who doesn't get it, they might be talented and it might be so tempting to use them. But if you allow it and you poison the well that everyone will drink from, you'll you'll introduce um, death into the team and wrong thinking into the team. And it will duplicate and it will show fruit. And I just think with leadership, we have the opportunity and maybe the mandate to keep it really, really pure. So use what you have. And if you only have a few, you only have a few, but don't... Uh, move people into leadership just because they're talented don't move them into leadership just because they're available move them into leadership and promote them into leadership because they are getting it right um, in their heart and i think you'll thank yourself for that um, somewhere uh, down down the road okay next question we got a couple more minutes here when you're leading and you're not in charge how do you know you are leading right or in the right way when you're leading when you're not in char- and you're not in charge so you're leading second how do you know you're leading right or in the right way so what i want to remind you about the beauty of leading second is that when you're leading second you're not leading alone that you're leading as a part of a team and you actually not only benefit from being a part of the team i think we have a responsibility to think of ourselves as part of a leadership team In other words, um, you don't have to make every decision on your own. I believe uh, that the Bible, first of all, tells us to get wise counsel in a lot of it. So I believe that it's right and good to consult others on the team about the decision that you're going to make and then maybe even take it a step further, not just wise counsel, but also collaboration. Collaboration says that there's better ideas in all of us than one of us. And collaboration yields to the team rather than just me. It yields to we. And um, when you collaborate well and get a, enough wise counsel, um, you can um, trust. I think that you're making the best decision possible for that moment. Of course, I think we should also be bouncing our decisions off of the stated culture and vision and what we know of our pastor's heart. But I think that that collaboration and and, and getting your team involved and being that kind of open-handed leader helps take away a lot of the mystery to it. Because if you do get out of line, someone will say it to you and someone will bring it up. And the ability to yield to that will will, – it's not easy always. But it will bear a lot of good fruit uh, in your life and in your leadership. Okay, let's maybe – maybe get to one more question here for, for today. Here we go. How often do you invest in your team? So courses, training and conferences. Um, I can just speak out of, you know, our lane here at champion center. Um, my home church. I don't know that we have a rhythm to it. Uh, I know that we send teams to conferences for different purposes I don't think we just go to go. I think we go because um, we have a reason to go and we go uh, to get something specific. And we do budget for those times. Um, but in terms of conferences, we we go pretty much only when we have a specific reason you know, to go. And, and my pastor is sending me to an event because he wants me to learn A, B, and C. And I go, therefore, with that responsibility to take that in. So I think that's kind of our purpose with conferences. In terms of training, we do a weekly staff meeting. And they look different every week. Uh, but we do a weekly um, Tuesday morning staff meeting, which is the day that everybody's in the office um, from all campuses and all that. And, and um, a lot of times it's teaching. Sometimes it's updates. Sometimes it's discussion to unpack previous teaching. We let our team teach. We let our pastor teach. Sometimes we bring in a video Sometimes we bring in a guest speaker, but that that Tuesday morning staff meeting has typically been a really great time. And then a couple times a year, we do a staff camp. And it's a day where we get the whole staff on an off-site location, not necessarily a retreat. We do that too. Um, but staff camp a couple times a year where we are away. It's a day to invest, a day to discuss. Let me say this about training. We, I would say, rarely do a training without um, allowing for some great structured discussion. In other words, um, we don't just teach we we want them to absorb the information that we're bringing and so we we highly structure our discussion and we're very strategic about it to make sure people are getting the most benefit out of that. I do want to uh, bring a quick commercial, message to you about something coming with leading second along the line of uh, courses and training. And I'm just so unapologetic about this commercial and you'll see why in a second. Uh, We are launching on September 4th. I'm so excited. Uh, We are launching our leading second online course, and it is a resource that will be available to every new leader in ministry uh, to the uh, online course. You can send any leader through free of charge that teaches them kind of the ABCs of leading second, leading up, leading as a team, leading on behalf of, and um, I'm so excited to to bring it to you and to offer it to churches everywhere for no charge. It's an incredible resource. We're excited to release it. That's coming to leadingsecond.com on September 4th, and you're going to want to check that out. I pray that'd be a resource for your team, and feel free to you know go through it as as a group or go through it individually but that's something that leading second is excited to bring to your team just to help you and your team get some of these thoughts and these topics right when it comes to leading when you're not in charge the last thing i want to remind you of today as we close is that it's not our pastor's job to feed us it's not our pastor's job to make sure we're growing it's our job it's our it's our job to lead ourselves and to lead ourselves well so i just want to challenge you today to not wait for your pastor to get you started and not wait for you know your pastor to to put you in an environment to grow. I believe that's something that we can take responsibility for, and we can do. We can lead ourselves well. When a child is hungry, they say, "Feed me," but when an adult is hungry, they go to the fridge. So let's just be the kind of leaders that go to the fridge and lead ourselves well, and um, take care of our life and our spirit and our leadership. So, hey, Leading Second, we love you. I'm so thankful to have a voice into your life every single week. I pray this podcast helps you every single week. I want to encourage you to head to Facebook and join the Leading Second forum on Facebook. If you're not a part yet, we would love to have you a part of our community. Also, I want to let you know, coaching group registration is up and open and available uh, for our fall coaching groups that begin at the beginning of October. Uh, Spaces are already filling up actually earlier than we expected. So I want to encourage you to get registered for a coaching group. I believe it'll help you. It'll help your life. It'll, it'll accelerate your, your leadership growth. Uh, But until then, until next time, let me just say, we love you. We believe in you. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. Uh!